caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? Good, how can I help you? I just wanted to call and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is John Edward calling. I'm so humbled that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much, and good luck. Thank you. you you're the best. All because right. that's, you are All so right. right. You're right on the teeth. You have not said nothing that I don't know anything about. Your colors are fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. I felt good tuning in. Uh, I just got good energy when the reminder of the show came across my profile. And uh, the fellow hosting it has had really great guests and good energy. And, you know, it uh, it, it feels really good. Uh, may everybody's heart's desires uh, be divinely blessed. Good. Good. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on your show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much, Tori, for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure. We could have done two hours, Michael, you know? <laughs> One more. One okay. More. Please, don't be me. It is you, dear, 727. Oh, my God. I was, I was talking to anybody. <laughs> you were talking to Michael. Oh, I my was God.
everybody. Hello. It's December 22nd, 2011. You're listening to Be The Light Now Radio. Yes, it's not your imagination. I am back on the air. And I'm your host, Reverend Michael. It's so nice to see everybody back in the chat room, listening to everyone back on here. I want to thank everyone for the support of their prayers. And that's why tonight's show is going to be about you know, holiday miracles. Um, a lot of you know, you know, Louie's been really sick. And um, yeah, what day was it? Just over a week ago. And um, a couple of weeks ago. Anyways, he um, wasn't feeling good all week. Thought he had a stiff neck. And it's like, all right, you know, we tried everything we could. And um, on that Friday, Lou was like, you know, I don't really feel good. So I said, well, i got to go to the church. i got to do some things because we're going to have a psychic fair night weekend. And um, so I went ahead and did some things. And Saturday morning got up. He said, I can't go with you, but I don't want to be alone either. And I said, well, I said, then we're going to take a temperature. He said, well, I don't feel like I'm, you know, running a fever. I just don't feel good. I said, if I'm going to cancel a psychic fair, I'm taking a temperature. And it was 101.9. And this was in the morning. So I'm like, all right. So we brought him into the hospital. They did a whole bunch of uh, blood work, everything else. And um, he had a hard time, you know, uh, talking. Had a hard time with his right hand. It was... Um, you know, getting real weak on him, and, uh, you know, they saw he'd have an infection going on or something. So they decided to keep him. This is what his uh, body, the way it is, like, you know, we got to find out what's going on. So on Sunday morning, uh, they're getting some results back, and they're like, well, it looks like a possible stroke. So they're going ahead and do blood work on him and um, did a CAT scan and, echograms of, you know, his chest, uh, his heart, his neck, the whole bit, to see if there's a blood clot anywhere. Nothing. Nothing shows up. He's still thinking it's a stroke. And he's getting worse. So, of course, you know, uh, you know, if you... I tell everybody nowadays, you know, if there's somebody you trust, get a power of attorney and help care surrogate because you never know when you're going to have somebody to have to make these decisions for you. And um, because at that point there, when they said Louis was um, possibly having a stroke, he was um, having a hard time understanding what was going on, um, you know, hard time talking the whole bit. So I went ahead and um, invoked the healthcare surrogate. And the doctor's like, you know, asked if he had one. I said, yes, and I'm his healthcare surrogate. So I had to go ahead from Sunday. I had to make all the decisions. And um, he wasn't, he doesn't like going in an MRI tube. And he said, so we have to do an MRI of your brain to see what's going on. And um, so they had to sedate him on Monday to go ahead and do that. And in the meantime, they're trying to go ahead and, um, because he has a pick line, and he can't go ahead and, um, You know, they couldn't go ahead and um, put another pick line in, and he does, his veins are shot. So they tried getting it in his hands, couldn't. They tried getting it in uh, in his neck. Managed to get it to work a little bit. One of them uh, stopped working. The other one couldn't get it at all, blew the vein in the neck. So they finally were able to get one in the hand. I think in about for, let's see, Saturday, Sunday, going into Monday, they stuck him a total of like six or seven times to get IVs going in him. They do the MRI. We find out at 5 o'clock that, because um, they did this, I got 1 o'clock or so. And at that point there, wasn't aware of anything. Um, couldn't open up, you know, his, uh, his eyes. I mean, he had his eyes open, but, um, you know, just totally oblivious to what was going on. And... Um, he started getting the hand jerks and the shaking. And that's a sign, you know, when somebody's had a stroke, you see them that they shake their hands and they got to fiddle. they got to keep their hands busy constantly. And um, that's why he was showing more and more signs that it was a stroke. At 5 o'clock uh, Monday night, they're like, nope, he has a staph infection. They said it has an infection, and it's in the spine. And it was in uh, just below the neck, 
and it was in between two of the vertebrae, and it was abscess. And the abscess was growing, and it was pressing against the spinal column. So immediately they're like, okay, we got to bring it. Now, this hospital was brand new, state-of-the-art, but they don't have a neuro, neurosurgeon. There's a couple of departments they don't have there yet. By 9.30, they're transporting him to the main hospital, which is about 20 minutes or so away. It's not the best neighborhood. It's a real old hospital. It's been there for years. And um, so they brought him to the neuro, neurosurgery, uh, neuro department, uh, department there and but Tuesday morning uh, he couldn't move uh, his right side uh, his hand was closed up he wasn't speaking other than saying uh, acting like a little kid was just saying uh-huh you're just smiling and he wasn't sure you know I wasn't sure if he even knew who I was, even though he, you know, he would say my name sometimes. Other times he'd just look at me with a blank look, like I don't know. And they told me they said, "Well, he's in serious condition." They said he's uh, got the staph infection, and um, they need to go ahead and try to see if they can get the swelling down. They need to biopsy it. So they told me on um, Tuesday. They said, you know, he's, he may not make it. They said, people in his shape usually don't survive. And uh, by then I already had his sister with me. I called her up, let her know. So we call up his mom, and she heard them. We call up his mom, let her know. She takes a flight out immediately from uh, up north. Her family pitches in, gets her a ticket out. She flies in at 10. She called up his niece in California. They're really close. And she leaves her three-year-old at home, leaves her husband at home, leaves everything, and flies out and uh, gets there at midnight. So we got his mother and uh, niece coming in at midnight. And we let him know. And uh, even his sister, she's like, I don't even know if she's aware of anything. But then all of you have been praying for him. We truly appreciate it. So... You know, and that's why I call it a Christmas miracle. Because with all the prayers going on, and everyone with the well wishes and, and spreading, you know, the prayers all around to, you know, other prayer groups. And, um, you know, I'm getting phone calls from people, you know, around the world, and they're like, oh, I'm at a, a church service, and we're adding Louie and you to the prayer service. And I'm doing my research. I'm a little mini laptop there and, and finding out, um, you know, staff infection people with AIDS, that if they turn septic, they usually don't survive two days. And when, say, they went ahead and uh, they biopsied, and um, evidently, I guess, they had believed enough pressure where Louis and, you know, Louis' sister and I were there, and you know, we're like, well, you know, we'll see you when you get out. And he's just like, uh-huh. And I said, you know what's going on? And he's like, uh-huh. And you know, no no emotions, just, you know, fiddling with his hands constantly. They bring him in for the biopsy and brought him out from recovery. And uh, they were afraid to go ahead and try to do surgery on him because he's in, he was in such uh, bad shape. Comes out of there and he's like, oh, hey, you guys going to follow me? No, you're going into recovery right now. It's like, well, you can come in. Like, no, I can't. It's like, all right, see you then. This is trying to look at each other. It's like, what the heck just happened here? Two hours earlier, he wasn't speaking. Wasn't really, you know, much aware of anything. Had that blank stare. Like, if you've ever seen pictures of Terry Schiavo, but she had that blank stare out into no, no man's land. That's what Louie had. And um, it's like, okay, what? happened did we make everyone panic for nothing and um you know but then you know his mom and um niece were on their way yeah, yeah monday tuesday Wednesday. the days just go when you don't get much sleep it's like oh my god so i think i got like 
two or three hours sleep on Saturday. Sunday was the same way. Monday the same way. But it seems like a couple of hours later, after he um, after he had the biopsy, he was reverting back to the way he was. Yeah, this is on Tuesday. Got my days wrong. And um, he's like, he's getting worse. I said, I know. So we had no idea what he was going to be like Wednesday. And um, he was stable. I mean, he he got back to the way he was, but not as bad. Um, Very easily confused. Couldn't have much noise around him. Um, uh, Totally disoriented. Wasn't sure. Uh, We thought, you know, it's like, okay, he's going to cry when he sees his mom. But he was aware enough where we told him, it's like, you know, she's coming in. He's like, oh, I'm dying. All right. Like, no, not dying. Of course, we lied to him. You know, didn't want him to to get even up, more upset. And he saw his mom and all, and you know, no problems, and started improving. And um, by Thursday, he wasn't doing hand jerks anymore. He was able to hold a bit of a conversation more, but um, wasn't slurring his speech as badly wasn't as disoriented as badly. And that's when the doctor came in and looked at him. She said, you're one lucky man. And as well, I said, well, yeah, I said, you know, we kind of gather that, you know, how sick he was. And so what's his chances of being septic? Now, granted, didn't know much or anything else at that point. And I said, okay, what are his chances of going septic? Because they said if he had gone septic, that, um, you know, they were going to monitor him, and if his blood pressure had all dropped, he'd be in intensive care. And everything I read online about people with septic with full-blown AIDS, especially with his T-cell count, they usually don't make it for two days. And she goes, he is septic. And Louis just looked at me, and he started crying. And she looks at him, and she goes, you're one lucky man. And I told her, I said, well, normally people in his in his position end up in intensive care and don't survive this. And she said, yeah, that's why he's lucky. She said, normally they don't. And I said, well, I've got people all over the world praying for him. And she says, well, whatever it is, because it's working, keep it going. So we're calling him our little Christmas miracle. It's because prayers do help. Do help. And we we're going to take, you know, it's going to take time off until after Christmas and all. And I was like, you know, so many people are um, emailing, um, you know, supportive. Uh, but I'm going to be starting, we're going to do a special church service tomorrow next Christmas. People are getting a little worried on that. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, what's going on with that. Um, but the power of prayer does help. And, um, you know, he's got about 12 weeks. IV treatment to do at home. And um, still not out of the woods. We've got to do one antibiotic we're doing every 12 hours for a week. So he's only got a few more days of that. Another one, the, the main one he's going to be doing for up to 12 weeks is every eight hours. So three times a day he has to go ahead and do this, monitoring his blood work. At nighttime, I haven't been getting much sleep either because he tries to get up in the middle of the night and his legs give out on him. He's very weak, can't walk much. So he's got a walker that he has to use now. And um, he's come to grips with, you know, if he can't walk much and do much, then we're going to get him an electric scooter. And in one way, it's like, you know, it's a blessing to survive HIV. And for 23, 24 years. But then at the end, you know, when you, you know, that's what got me mad. I told God, I said, you know, this is cruel. I said, make him survive this. I said, you figured, you know, you get something that's going to go ahead and <clears throat> take him quickly. But to make him, you know, in a vegetative state. And that's what we kept worried about was, you know, does he remember? And he says he doesn't doesn't really remember much of anything. It's like, good. But to see someone just sitting there and their hands are just going and they got IVs in him. He's got, he's all black and blue on his arms. And, and then to see him go ahead and snap out of it. 
And so, I mean, he can't stop talking about it. He tells everyone, we want, we want shopping at Walmart. And um, people at work, you know, some of them know us because we've been going to the same place for years. And like, oh, how you been doing? It's like I noticed you using the scooter. And he's like, well, I almost died a week ago. And he just goes ahead and tells me, because I'm a Christmas miracle. He's like, because on Tuesday he was septic. Didn't know anything that was going on. And they were ready to release him on Friday, which was surprising. But they couldn't get the pick line in. So they had complications from that. And uh, kind of bummed him out. But then on Saturday, they were finally going, uh, able to get the pick line in. But his blood pressure was um, spiking. So they couldn't go ahead and do that, uh, release him until then. So they finally were able to release him, like I think it was like 7, 8 o'clock. About 8 o'clock Saturday night, we finally released him. And I could tell he was feeling better. I think it was like Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. Real cute. The nurses over at the hospital, phenomenal. To me and to him, never a problem. And uh, even the nurses' aides, you know, the, the patient care technicians. And uh, there was uh, one of them, he's a little cutie, little um, Latino. Louie looks over at me, looks over at him, and he's doing something because they had him cast, they had a catheter on him. Louie looks over at me because he's cute. I said, oh, yeah, you're feeling better. I see a little flirt. He just looks at me and goes, uh-huh. And his sister, his sister said she heard that. And we start laughing all and give him a hard time. And um, you don't realize how precious life is. Now we've been there before. You know, been there when he's been sick and he's had other stuff. You know, other things going on with him. We've had to call the family in. And um, even his sister said, "She goes, eh, I'm ready for him yet?" Oh, I said, "But I don't know." I said, "I've never seen him this bad." I mean, I've had to carry him and, and um, move him around to places. And, um, you know, he's still not out of the woods. I mean, we've still got to make sure he takes us because I've read, you know, some people, even if they've gone home, they can still have complications months later. Now we don't know if there's going to be any permanent damage, and um, hopefully not. But we're making, you know, plans, you know, just to prepare ourselves just in case. And um, Louis said he, he saw the light. Did he? Didn't he? I don't know. Um, you know, who knows what he saw when, you know, when he was totally out of because the uh, fluids were pressing against the spinal cord. So we have no idea what happened. But he said he saw his dad and he saw my mom. And he said, I remember talking to them and all I told him was, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to see Michael. Michael needs me. And he goes, and I don't remember what they said exactly, but they told me, okay. He goes, the next thing I know, he goes, I'm feeling better. So, And, and he tells some people that. He's like, you know, I think I saw the light. So like I said, I wasn't going to go ahead and do, you know, do the show until after the holidays. I've been resting trying to take some time for me other than when I'm waking up in the middle of the night that he's on the floor and can't move and having to go ahead and um, pick him up. But it's like, you know, when people say, well, miracles don't happen, it's like, yeah, they do. You know, and, um, you know, I got to experience it, you know, firsthand with uh, the power of prayer and um, healing. And I did the new healing, you know, I told you all before that, you know, I was given a new healing modality where it's, like, it's basically you're pulling out whatever is in someone and you're pulling it out of them. It's almost like psychic surgery. But you're pulling it out of them and then you're charging them with Reiki to go ahead and send some healing energies to fill in the void of what you just pulled out. And I did this to him before they went to do the biopsy. And, he, you know, whether that helped, you know, I don't know. Because, um, you know, it's kind of hard when, you know, you can't expect anything. So when I did the Reiki on him and I did the treatment, I said, you know, it's all for his better good. You know, I can't be jealous or greedy and, um, you know, say that, you know, I'm going to have to keep him here. Um, but I just did, you know, what was for his highest good, and I uh, took the turn, you know, turn around and improved. 
and the doctors were all shocked. I mean, you know, on Tuesday he was septic and, you know, he was septic the whole time, but on Tuesday he was the worst it was. And, you know, two days later they're like, yeah, you can go home tomorrow. So it's really amazing um, how the power of prayer works. And if you don't, if you've also been on online, there's another example of uh, power of prayer and um, healing, a Christmas miracle, is the teenager, I think he was in Texas, not teenager, early 20s. And he was in like a five-car accident. Um, you know, they had to do an aneurysm. He had an aneurysm in his brain. They had to go in for surgery, go ahead and do things. And he was in a coma. And they got to a point, because he was in there for a couple of months, and they were asking the family, getting ready to ask the family if they ever considered um, organ donation. And like they were doing with Louie, they were checking all the time. It's like, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? He wasn't responding. And all of a sudden, he started responding and totally snapped out of it. And um, they're calling him a Christmas miracle. You know, and um, it's little things like that when, you know, you don't um, don't know what to expect. But you should go ahead and, you know, send out the the, um, the prayers. So it is interesting, um, you know, and, and I believe, you know, miracles and energy work and healings and that it can work. Um, and I've seen some interesting things in my life. But to experience it firsthand... And it was truly a blessing. And I have all of you to thank for it. You have all been so wonderful. The support locally has been tremendous. And um, and for all of you who have made donations today to help, it's truly appreciated. Because, of course, since he's been sick, the chapel has been closed. And that's going to be changing soon, too. Uh, but the center has been closed. And because I couldn't go ahead and be with him in Tampa, travel an hour or so away to go do services and then back over there to be with him when I have to find papers. And, um, you know, healthcare surrogate is amazing. And he can sign things now um, for the most part, but, um, you know, I have to make sure that he understands what's going on. But, um, you know, you got to be there at all times. And one night they had him, uh, they had him uh, with a roll belt put on. And it's well, he almost fell out of the bed. It's like, okay, as his healthcare surrogate, why didn't she let me know? And trust me, after I got done talking to them, they let me know everything. <clears throat> but you have to be there. You have to keep up on them. And even though the nurses were amazing, there were certain things that happened and, they're like, well, it's like, well, nothing. You do anything to him, you let me know. So they constantly let me know if anything out of the ordinary ha- uh, happened. And, um, yeah, we went to St. Joseph's um, in uh, North Tampa, up on Van Dyke, state-of-the-art hospital, all private rooms, phenomenal place. And um, from there we had to go to the one in Tampa, St. Joseph's in Tampa. So I was there all hours of the day and night and uh, you know I'm recovering taking it easy but the um, you know since the center had been closed I was like oh a lot of things I forgot forgot about and one of them was for our insurance and the agent called up I said well if you don't pay this by the 24th you're not going to have your liability insurance and without the liability insurance out there we violate our lease so we'd have to close. So I put out the urgent request. I said, okay, we need to raise 100 bucks, so we can go ahead and pay for our insurance so we'd have to close. I'd have to say within 20 minutes we had $125. We had um, you know, one person uh, donated $25. Two other people donated 50 And people were calling up, uh, calling me on the phone. It's like, I want to donate more. And I'm like, we've got enough, you know, you know, people want to go ahead and make other donations to help so we have, you know, uh, a continuous fund. So we always have, you know, more and more because we got to, you know, like any business, you want to go ahead and build a good bank. That's greatly appreciated. But uh, we put up the urgent call to raise this money so we can go ahead and get the insurance paid, you know, taking everything one step at a time. And you all have been so amazing. 
and going ahead and um, doing this at short notice. And uh, Monday, the 26th, early show. We're having Sharon Pugh back on the phone. She's going to be back on the show with us. She's going to be doing some wonderful readings for everybody. Um, she was one of the um, one of the benefactors who helped us out. So if you see Sharon out there, you know, send her some love and um, get a reading from her too during holidays. I think she's doing some specials right now too. So check out, um, you know, Sharon Pugh. You've seen our Block Talk and other shows as well. And uh, I want to give a shout out also to all the Block Talk radio hosts. Not mentioning names because there's so many of them. Y'all know who you are. And I want to thank you for the personal emails and the, the thoughts and the prayers. Um, some of you have announced it on your shows um, to send out prayers out there for Louie. And we truly appreciate it. And um, I would have been doing this show a week ago. I'd have been crying. But I'm all cried out. And I'm just so glad to, to be able to get back into the swing of things. We're actually doing a service tomorrow over at the chapel. So if you're in the Tampa area, Come to Be the Light Metaphysical Center, which is at 5919 Trouble Creek Road in Newport, Richie. It's right off of uh, 54 in Madison or 19 in Trouble Creek, either way that you want to go. And uh, check out Be the Light Metaphysical Center.com for directions and all. Visit us there. We're going to do a little Christmassy holiday type service. Louie's mom's coming. She's been staying with us now um, since earlier this week when Louis' uh, niece had to go back to California, so his mom came here. She's going to be here until, like, the 28th, 29th, and she goes to her house in Citrus County when her his brother is actually going to be driving her car down because she flew down here with no transportation. So she's staying with us. I'm, I've got her <coughs> here with us. And another neighbor of mine has a um, motorhome. She has it in storage right next to an electric outlet. She goes, how are you going to have her there with, you know, it's like you need a little bit of quiet. So, well, you know, she'll sleep there. Louie will sleep, you know, in the bed, and we'll try to do everything that we can. She says, well, I got the motorhome. She says, just let her stay there. She's fully functional. She goes, got electricity, got running water. So she goes there at nighttime, and she comes up in the morning, and I'll walk her over. She's maybe 100 feet away. And um, so she goes there at nighttime and goes to sleep, comes over here. So, you know, that's the type of little things where it's not asked for. But it's little things like that that can make so much of a difference for people. And um, you know, uh, gracious opening up, I said, "Well, how much do you want? You know, we'll rent rent it out." And she's, "No, that's what friends are for." Their friends and neighbors do for each other. They help each other out because it's just sitting there in storage. Just don't worry about it. And uh, really amazing woman. Uh, we're actually invited her over for Christmas dinner because she has no family around. So she's going to be coming with us. And um, you know, it's little things like that that you, you'd be surprised on how how it helps people. And I've always been one, it's hard for me to ask for help. I guess in a past life, you know, um, I just didn't like asking for help. I was just always there for other people. So and I'm learning how to go ahead and ask and be gracious and humble. So um, we also have an assistant pastor now. She's going to be starting to help out with us. She has a key already. And uh, the drum circle event we did that Friday that uh, Louie was sick, went over wonderfully. So everyone's loving the center. So we're going to start doing regular services again. Uh, we also have two other people are going to volunteer during the daytime. So most of the days the, um, the gift shop will be open. Either I or somebody else will be doing services at nighttime from now on. So I've got one full-time uh, assistant that's going to be you know helping out when I need them. We're also getting another assistant who's going to help out, so we'll have another backup. So all these people are just coming forward. I said, look, i got to put it out there. I have to ask for the help. I have to be humble. I have to be gracious. I have to ask for the help. If it's a community center, I need the community to be there. And these people are stepping forward. It's like, I'd love to do it. And I said, well, you know, I said, 
you know, I got to make sure. And they're like, oh, no, trust me. It's like this is something I want to do. So, and I'm going ahead and, and um, it makes a day. It, 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 it's just so overwhelming, the support from so many people. <coughs> So, you know, when you wonder, it's like, well, there's nothing I can do to help anybody. It's like, you'd be surprised. And if you have a neighbor and you know they're going to be all alone, either invite them over for Christmas dinner, because we all have leftovers. So instead of having all all those leftovers, you got room to invite one more person over. If not, make them a plate, knock on the door, and say, Happy Holidays. And give them some dinner. Let me go ahead and take a short break for just a moment. I'm on my little mini laptop here and all. Trying to call in on my my cell phone. Let me go ahead and... Yeah, go ahead and do this song. I'll be right back in just a moment. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Just put your paws up, because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young. We're all superstars. She rolled my hair, put my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, cause it made you perfect, babe. So hold my head up, girl, and you'll go far.
have any other shows. And I apologize, too. I know some were upset. Well, the show said it's on. Like, well, I'm sorry. I forgot to cancel some of the shows. And, um, you know, you could kind of lost as to what day it is or what time it is and everything else going on. And, um, you know, I want to thank uh, Chips and Salsa, Teresa, Janina, and so many others that were in um, and, um, code. Um, you know, so many people out there trying to relay messages. Um, Chips was calling me up, you know, on the phone a couple of times a day asking how Lou is doing, letting other people know. And, you know, it's little things like that, too, that can make a big difference for people in their lives. And, you know, I'm just giving you all a shout-out, um, and I truly appreciate, you know, letting um, others know on Facebook and here on Blog Talk and um, other areas online, you know, let everyone know what's been going on and keeping everyone updated. It um, took a lot off of my shoulders on trying to keep up with everything and, um and getting that all going. And to all the people locally who, you know, did the drum circle, who have been going ahead and, um, you know, making sure we've got a sign on the door that, you know, we've been closed. And to all the people who have been trying to go to the center and realizing, oh, they're not open. And then they're emailing me. It's like, what's going on? Did we close? You know, and then, you know, they've heard what's going on. And I have one, you know, that's what gets me to. We'll be talking more about spirituality and the shift that's taking place. And I have the feeling, you know, like I told you, why I'm at the church I used to work for. I have one of our benefactors. She goes to other churches in the area. When we're not having a service, she goes to others just to go. She's very open-minded and, and looking for, you know, because she realizes not one place is going to have the answers. So she decided to go to the other place, and she had talked. One of her friends goes there, who's another minister, and she told us, like, we'll get a hold of Michael. You know, he'd be interested in, you know, in having you as a co- co-pastor there and doing readings. Well, last night she decided, well, I'm going to go this, and it's not open. So she went to the church. So it was crowded with people. Normally it's on Wednesday night now. And she's like, oh, so-and-so, she said, I need to talk to you outside. She told us she's no longer welcome in her church at all, that if she's going to go ahead and think that I can make her happy uh, at the center, then she needs to go ahead and stay there. That She didn't appreciate 